Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Bring Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast with your hosts, Zay, Young Vander, and Bro Jeff. What's poppin' and welcome back to the best new fantasy football podcast on the air, the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast presented to you by Manscaped. I'm your host, Zay. As always, I got the fellas with me. How are the people, Young Vander? Fantasy Fiends, what's going on out there? And my guy, Bro Joe, holla at him, bro. What's going on, Fantasy Fiend family? Yo, we have a great show for you today. We have the final rendition of Final Fantasy. We're going to be going over the tight ends. Got quite a bit of news and notes for you with moving parts, retirements, coaches going here and there, being traded, uh, what this means for certain players, just all kind of stuff that's going on that's going to affect the fantasy world. We're definitely going to have a great time. If you're looking for us, please join us on the Facebook group. That is the Fantasy Football Team Family Facebook. Group. If you need to get us any information, Fantasy Football Fiend, that's F E I N at Gmail for any advertisements, promos, things of that nature. But let's go right ahead and hop into your news. And now your fantasy news. All right. So I guess the elephant in the room is the fact that Tom Brady retired today. So that kind of came out of nowhere. I can definitely say that was nothing that I saw coming, to say the least. It was one of those things where I almost feel like he kind of knew what he wanted to do, but it was a timing kind of a thing. I'm always, you know, a pessimist. So I I, I thought it had something to do with the fact that he ain't want that 376 mil on the books when the divorce saying that gavel because um then he would actually be the breadwinner and things would probably go a little bit different for him in court so one final season with tampa bay to retire now that just didn't see it coming last year february 1st it was the same news give him 30 days now let's see if it's legit i think this is the end he did on his own terms but at the same time tom still had that itch and i know it plays with that itch man they tend to sleep on a couple days and it's just like that friend that that family member you got that comes home from prison or comes out of rehab like let's give them 30 days and see if they clean so, <laughs> let, let's give them 30 days and see if this thing stands you know what i'm saying let's see if he really gave it up so, so don't, don't don't wear your jewelry around just yet not yet not quite you know what i'm saying <laughs> you know supposed to be uh rehabilitated right <clears throat> He got a certificate and everything, but let's give him 30 days and uh got his first coin in 30 days. Yeah, let, let's see how that let's see if he have like a drink in 30 days, right? He just got right. a, a you know, let's see if he had that, that drink. But no, nah, I really think yeah. he's going this time though. But, I think he is too. Like I don't know what changed, but yeah, I could see that. What you got on, on Tom Brady, Joe? I'm just happy, you know. Like you said, like I was, as soon as you put kind of put it out there to me earlier today, I'm like, man, this do make some sense. Well, I would wait too to before I signed a deal for that much money. And I think honestly, it made me even wonder, like, was it really leaked? That he was like, I feel like even that could be a whole different story if he wanted to go down the rabbit hole. Because three hundred seventy-five million, man, I don't know. I, I would, I know alimony a bitch for some people. So I, I don't know, man. 
that would have flipped the script. He would have been the breadwinner for sure. Once that contract is signed, hey, who knows? I, I don't know. That that just came out of nowhere. But I do feel like he's done this time for real because like you, you can't you can't retire three times. Like like not now now you're looking like a clown. You do that. I think pride, the same pride that kept him in the game, would keep him from returning after retiring two years in a row. But hey, like Vanna said, let's give him 30 days. Let's, let's see what happens. Um, he might get that itch again. And there are a couple of teams out there that were interested. So we'll have to see how that goes. A few coaches have landed. So dominoes are starting to land for the offseason already. Now, we'll start with the one that was to some a great hire. To me, it was a little bit befuddling. And I'm going to preference it by this. A few weeks ago, the Denver Broncos traded one of the best defensive players in the NFL to Miami for the 29th pick in the first round. The Broncos are now the proud owners of Sean Payton, and it only took essentially Chubb because you gave up Chubb plus that that the specific pick that you got for Chubb plus a second round pick. And okay, you got a third round pick coming back to you, but in 2024, but nah, I'm sorry. That's way too much compensation for a coach that with a Hall of Fame quarterback has one Super Bowl to his name and the same record as Mike McCarthy, who we're looking at in Dallas, like, okay, this is your last year. You get the chance to call plays, and I don't know how you, you're already bad at clock management. But now you're going to do that and call plays. That's a, a whole nother story we'll get into in a second. But I just don't see how giving up a first and a second for any coach makes sense. They, they legit traded Chubb for Sean Payton plus. I just want to figure out, like, somebody explained to me, when did this guy became John Madden? That part. Like, it's ridiculous. Like, I'm not giving up no early pick my future for no coach that only has one championship. I mean, he had good years because he had a franchise quarterback. But as soon as that franchise quarterback went away, he ran with it. You know what I mean? So it's not like he's this guy that comes in the situations and build and, you know, and put a team together and all that. Like, he cool, but... Nah, there's so many other coaches I think deserve an opportunity. And actually, there's some better coaches just out there, period, than, than Sean Payton. He cool. like I agree with that. And then the crazy thing about it, they did win the championship, but that was all on the – it was kind of running off a high after the Katrina thing and, and let Arian Foster tell it. The NFL is scripted. So with that being said, that championship was a scripted championship. Hey, I've been screaming that all season. And I've I even been showing y'all where the storylines are and how it correlates to Vegas. And it's it's been working out splendidly. I was three or four weeks before last three or four this past week four or four put it in the facebook group so i can't change what my picks are it's really becoming pretty clear that certain things are i wouldn't say it's 100 scripted but certain outcomes are likely prior to the season starting if you just kind of really think about it yeah we're on the same page there what about this D'Amico Ryan's um, situation? So now he's a he's the new head coach of the Texans, six year contract. So unlike the two previous head coaches who only had one year prove it deals, if you will, he did get a, a six year deal. Do we think that D'Amico is going to be the guy to turn this spot around, or is it just one of those franchises that can't get out of their own way? What do we see the Texans being able to do, and is it a relatively quick turnaround with what they have at their disposal or is he in for quite a bit of an overhaul i'm all for coaches of color getting opportunity but this is also one of those opportunities that 
kind of pushes them back and makes it harder for them to get opportunities in the future, right? A lot of these guys that get fired and get new jobs, they get better jobs. Like This is not a good job to take. You're already going into a, a, a situation where they don't have a franchise quarterback. The defense is your, your specialty is defense. It's really not that good. We already seen the owner, how they get down, you know, like in pass, you know, as far as like bringing players in, paying guys, different things like that. So I just think the odds are stacked against him as far as being successful. You're already in the AFC that's loaded with young quarterback talent. You know, you got the Mahomes, the Burrow, you got, you know, the kid in the Chargers. Like, you got so, like, these are going to be the guys you're going against as long as you're in Houston. You got Allen from Buffalo. Like, and you're going in and your quarterback currently is Davis Mills. Like, come on, man. I, I just, I, I just hate to see people of color take bad jobs because when they don't produce, they're going to say, hey, see, wait, we gave him a chance. We gave him opportunity. He didn't do nothing with it. And then he'll never get another shot again. So it's really one and done when you're a player of color, a coach of color, as far as getting a head coaching job. I understand he used to play for the team. That's all good. It's a good storyline, but I don't like it for him as far as being a future head coach because he's gonna get he's not gonna last six years. Put you like that. I can I can see them giving him giving him two years to show and prove. Third year is gonna be a okay, what have you been able to put together? And then that fourth year, it'll be a okay, we're either gonna extend you or we're gonna cut you. I I, I could kind of see it going. Right, but who, who is he, who is he going to beat? You know, who's what I mean? he going to beat? Yeah, like this is the AFC. Who is are these guys? Well, gonna... I, I don't. Th- I don't think he has to like. He don't have to like be the upper echelon. I'm talking about like having a winning record. Like, like we talking what? about like the, the lower the lower grade teams are better now. The Jags and going to get even better. I mean, like the teams that you thought were lower level are now better and trending up. So you coming out of the, the they're mother. not in the hardest division either. I, I want to just agree with most of what Vander said. I, I definitely wouldn't want to see him this be his first stop. But to Vander's point, because you know, I, th- I just agree with that wholeheartedly, man. Because if, if this doesn't work out, I feel like it's going to really be on him, like that, you know, to that same stigma that Vander was alluding to. But what I will say is that I see some positives in this. To your point, like this is a AFC South. I get that the Jaguars had a, a good year. You know, I mean, Indian. Napa's going to come up. This this division still to be had. Last year they had like a, a really good draft getting foundational pieces. Uh, they hit with uh, Stingley and Petrie on safety, and some of the the smaller pieces that they added, man, they have a decent. I'm not saying that they're already Hold ready up. to. You think they hit on Stingley? Stingley played really good, bro. He was. I, I think honestly, the obvious pick to me would be Sauce Gardner. <laughs> so they didn't but hit, to, but he played very, very, very well. Like I think. The obvious choice for many of us would have been Sauce, but Stingley played darn well good his damn self in in that opportunity. But what I'm what I'm really getting at is they had a really good draft. It's not like you know he's coming there and they rock bottom. And then you look at it this year, they got the, what, the second pick, the 12th pick, 33rd. Like they they got some room and they have salary cap. I think it's okay. But does that mean it's going to attribute to winning games? So you know, let me then change my tone of excitement. I think this is like an eight eight and eight club, but who knows? You know what I mean? Like it, we've but seen. See, I think eight and eight would actually would actually well, have I mean, him keep it in You mean like eight and nine, maybe? Because it's yeah, 17 yeah. games. <laughs> well, right. But, right, eight and nine. <laughs> I mean, eight and nine is not going to get you in the playoffs. So what I are don't we, think it what, will, but I think I think it'll. So what are we it's, playing it's for? Enough for for him to for that team. They're just trying to be relevant again. They, they, they're I mean they've been nothing at all for quite a while. So right. just being relevant again w- would be a good start. And then you build on that. I mean you you can't. I mean most teams don't go from where they are right now to being a playoff team overnight. I hope that's not what they're expecting. I, I just that's why they keep getting rid of coaches. I mean, but they they had they had years where they you know won division things like that, right? Yeah, but uh, just a couple so years ago. Good. 
about three about years ago. ago. No, about three years ago. ago. Maybe about three years ago, the one division. I mean, they that won was, three games. That was a regime ago. I'll put it that way. Yeah, exactly. But again, the way the league is is trending and these teams that's usually not in the hunt are now good. I just don't see it. I mean, take the Denver job, bro. I mean, right. the pieces are pretty much there in order to beat in the hunt. Like the defense is already superb. You bring your good OCN, you make it, you know what I'm saying, make it feel good. I disagree, actually. You think okay. so you think this Texan job is better than the Denver job? I do. And I'm gonna tell you why. For what he wants to do, you're gonna need picks as well as players, as well as enough time to prove yourself. I don't think that he would be good enough at fixing the offense. I mean, the defense was top five this year, right? And they suck. So I don't think he's going to make them that much better. They, they need an offensive guru. They need somebody that can put points on the board. Now, what I think that he has in Houston right. is a lot more leeway. And he also has high draft picks for the next couple of years due to what's in the cupboard when he's getting there. And he also has much lower expectations. I really think that he would have probably had a much shorter leash in Denver than what he has in Houston to keep it a buck with you. Because Houston is now under that microscope of, okay, now, th- th- the third time, you know, you get me, you fool me once, you fool me twice. Now, this third time, if you don't get this guy an opportunity to actually show and prove, we're going to kind of have a track record here. The, the first two guys, come on. We knew McCullough wasn't going to stick around. We knew Lovey Smith was a, was a stopgap. I don't know anybody that was fooling themselves into thinking that they were going to be, you know, coaches that stuck around for any length of time. They took a job knowing that they probably wouldn't have a job the next year, and that's exactly what happened. I, I don't even think it's close that a Denver job is a way better job. Um, I, I disagree. I don't, I, don't, I don't think it's close. Like I don't think they're close to beating the teams in that division as Houston. Houston is right now to beating the team of theirs. That's what I'm saying. Where the help coming from? I don't know, you ain't man. got no picks. You ain't got no I, money. I don't. I don't. So I don't where the really help think, coming from? I don't think the Broncos is a team that really needs high draft picks in order to be successful. Like this team is only a good leader away from being really good. Like a defense, good leader. Yeah. Like, you I mean, know who's in their division? Yeah. How is that offense going to take on Kansas City? I do, but if you look at. But if you look at the games that the Broncos play, right, a number of those games were, were lost by very, very, very few points. It's, it's not like, you know, wow, this division is so crazy that, man, we we, we can't even keep up with these guys. It's, it's not the case. Like, the defense is good enough to keep them boys in ball games. A lot of these games, again, like I said, were lost by three points here, three right, points I there. Agree. Late game, but I don't think Demetrius is going to be the one to increase your offense. Is what I'm saying. No, no, no. He doesn't have to. That's why I say a good leader because a good leader – Okay, okay, hey, okay, coach, you know, how, I got know you. to bring okay. in the right coordinators, the right play calls. I got you. Things like that. That's what good coaches are you. anyway, man. Like, they just bring in the right guys, you know what I'm saying, and then pretty much manage. Just like a Phil Jackson or something. He's not the ex-O guy, but he know how to manage these guys. Like, they, they lost to Seattle this year. That was a one-point game. And, but see, that, that's, that's a good point, though, <laughs> because – this is a first-time head coach. Is he really ready to handle the dynamics of what's going on with a Russell Wilson type of situation? Like, do you think he would be better off with his own fresh, you know, rookie quarterback, bright eyes, you're new, I'm new, you don't have certain expectations or think that you should get certain things that other people should should or shouldn't get? Like, I think that also makes it a, a more difficult job as well for a first-time head coach. Yeah, but uh, cool, right? But we spoke on, you know, the Broncos offense Mm -hmm. today as it stands. It's better than Houston's offense. They have a better quarterback. They have a better running back. They have better pass catchers. That's not in question. Right. That's that's not in question. That's why I think the defense is better. Like, it's just a better job. I mean, that's just what it is, man. I understand the division is harder. It's a harder road. But I just think that, like, you're so. I think expectations are very much higher is the difference. You don't have two years to get Denver together. 
the Waltons aren't paying you to be mediocre for a couple of years and then get good. So my thing is, if I'm a first time head coach, I don't know that I'm good at this yet. I would rather have a longer leash. And I know as funny as it sounds, I think ironically, the longer leash is in, with Houston. But both can be said to be right. But I agree too. Like if I'm a, if I'm a new coach, do I want something? Because again, you're going to inherit the lack of picks, the, the lack of salary cap. I understand that they have a solid defense, but they still have pieces on that, de- that defense that could be, you know, much younger or even get, you know, different skill position players. The offense has a lot in question because, yeah, they got talent, but Javante is coming off IR. Patrick, Sutton, you know what I mean? Like, and then uh, across the offensive line, too, they had I mean, different so injuries. was the running back from Houston coming off IR, but which is better? But to me personally, like, if, I, if I'm putting a blueprint on something, I'd rather have the most at my disposal than the least because that's great. You got a defense. Offense, and that's great you have some semblance of an offense but like it's almost like making a cake do i want to be the one that put it in the oven or do i want to be the one that cook it and i think honestly denver wasn't a hot place because they went through five head coaches five of them and then they even doubled back to ryan's again before they settled with sean payton people want to have that, that freedom and that control i'm not trying to say the offense the organization rather didn't give them that opportunity but i think I just... honestly Houston would be a good spot. I just think these type of jobs don't come up for coaches of color. That's right, right. So the Houston job, of course, that job will come up. Just like the Jags try to offer Leftwich a job. Yeah, because it's the Jags at the time, right? Nobody, you know, see what it could be. Those are the type of jobs that we offer, if ever offered. The Denver job, you right there. Like, these guys lost to the Chiefs in week 17 by three points, right? And then early in the season, lost to the Chiefs in week 14 by six points like they're not as far as you think they think they lost to the chargers by three points like this team is right there they just need somebody that can help them to score some points to get them over the hump if you watch those broncos games they were super close and it's melvin gordon fumbling different things like that and the reason why they lost games like he, he doesn't know how to be a head coach yet what what if he ends up being nathaniel okay okay let, let's let's put it this way right again nathaniel hackett right if nathaniel hackett had been the coach in Houston, do you think it's more likely that he'd still be a head coach than when he got his first-time mistakes in Denver? That's what I would be worried about. Those first-time mistakes got him fired. The way Hackett looked, he probably got fired regardless because he looked like a deer in headlights once he – Right. Yeah. But But, but those headlights wouldn't have been as bright in Houston, not nearly. (laughs) The expectation would have been so low. It would have been like, oh, no, nah, we can't blame it on him. That It's just a team around. I'm saying you don't get that benefit of the doubt in Denver. Does that make sense? Like, like I'm no, not, no, I'm not saying you. you're not right about the job, but, no, but me, the, the proof is in the pudding as far as that part is concerned because we thought Hackett was going to be there for a minute. We knew we, Lovey and Color was, was only going to be there for a year. Yo, listen, they literally said that coming in. So If, I mean, if, we, had the, if we had the track, if we had Darlington Raceway and we having a race, I want a NASCAR. I don't want to tell you the camera, okay? Don't just put me the camera and say, well, we knew he wasn't going to win. I mean, we just let him drive around the track a couple times. No, 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 no. Give me the fastest car. Give me the best opportunity. Give me the best available. Even if it's my first time getting in a car driving, give me the opportunity to win. Which so you don't saying. want is a NASCAR in the hands of a novice. That hey, ain't a good recipe. That's hey, all but I'm guess saying. what? I know you're definitely, <laughs> you're definitely not going to win in that camera. There's a 100% chance you're not winning. I don't know about that. Because, look, if it's me and that NASCAR versus a driver and a Camry, that Camry got a better chance of crossing but the it's finish more than, line. But it's more, than two, <laughs> it's more than two drivers on the road. 
This is true. This is true. <laughs> there's enough 30 and, drivers. And, and, <laughs> and, that's, and that's my point. I really believe that he would have been in a lose-lose situation based on I can't see him making that team better year one or year two, regardless of how good of a leader he is. He's not going to be the straw that stirs the Kool-Aid. His best-case scenario be? is making the be? defense because it's not in his wheelhouse. Like the best that he can hope for is that the defense remains the same, and then whoever he chooses as an offensive coordinator, right? Normally, I'm just saying, like, normally we see when you change the offense, it doesn't immediately get better. So, why would we think that it would be different this time? Like, they would be switching up offenses. He's a first time head coach. It's like, it's just a whole I mean, bunch of things. I think true. it will work out well. We've we seen, we've seen, that's not true. I mean, we've seen, okay, we've seen, we seen Tua, Tua get better with a change of an offense. So that, that's not necessarily true. Like in the first, no, year. no, no. We saw Tua get better with Tyree Hill. Let to no, be clear. But, no, no, no. But it's the offense, though. It don't matter. It's, it's still the, the receiver, though. It's still the offense, though. It's still if a new signal so. caller. That's it. It's still somebody different, able to play to your strengths. That's why offensive coordinators get jobs. We seen the charges go up once they got the coordinator from the Saints. Did we not? Did they not do better that year? First year? Like you can do better. They, I mean. They were pretty much the same as they were before. Wow, I mean, they, I, was, they was great offense. Let's just say no. Matter of fact, and if we're looking at it from the fantasy perspective, <laughs> hell, the, the year prior wasn't Herbert number one or number two quarterback? So no, they didn't he, do better. No, no, no. Herbert never was number one quarterback. So uh, he was he was like top three or something like that. I know he finished like his, higher his, the last year, and then his numbers went down the next year. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I forgot. So which, his numbers which, went down oh. when they switched up the offense. That's what I'm saying. No, no, they, that was he was with that guy. That guy been there for a couple years. No, he but he what he referring to is when they went from before Lamb to like Lamb first year and the one before when he was a rookie. It went down their first year in the new offense. That's just normally what happens. Even with veterans, like with, with quarterbacks that didn't have a down year the previous year, if you switch up their offense, it it just it's something new to learn. Like like there is so many caveats that you have to learn. That's all I'm saying. So it's just a whole bunch of moving pieces. And a whole bunch of high expectations, and and that doesn't normally bode well, is how I look at it. But I do see where you're coming from. Speaking of Denver, we talked about it a couple of days ago in the chat. Vic Fangio didn't actually sign with Miami. In all off season, he's been kind of rumored to be tied to Sean Payton. So, do we think he's going to go ahead now that Payton isn't going back to the booth and he? Would you go back to the team that you were the head coach and they fired you as the DC, or would you just go ahead and do what you got to do in Miami? Like that one, that one's it's still on the table, and I'm not sure which direction it's going yet. But that's something else that's out there as a possibility as far as DC for Denver is concerned. Yeah, I don't, I don't really see a problem with it to be honest with you. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's football. It's a job. You're going to get paid handsomely for it. It just didn't work out. All good coordinators are not good head coaches. But now here's the other thing. Miami um, supposedly would have made him the highest paid coordinator. So I don't know if that means that Walmart would have to pay up or if he's willing to take a pay cut to go back to Denver. So that's the other part, too, because Miami did pay him handsomely and you don't have any state tax in Florida. So there's that part. too. Right. Uh, I mean, if he's chasing the dollar, cool. But if you want to. Right. Right. If you want some. What does he want? Yeah, if you got some guys that's already in the fold, we've seen this. We but we've seen this before, right? Uh, my guy Wade Phillips, he's the head coach for Denver, right? And came back later and was a defensive coordinator, right? That's true. And that was a but Super Wade Bowl run, right? Wade struck me as a guy with with a pride problem. If that makes sense. No, no, no. But, but the players love Wade. Like he's kind of a player coach, so laid back. Yeah, absolutely. He, 
you know, sometimes that's, you can what, be, that, that's what I'm saying. That, yeah. That's my point. Like he never struck me as one of those, you know, the big I and the little you type of a dude. Like he pride has never been his issue. Right. No, I feel you. But he, he that's an example, though, of a guy that was fired as a head coach and came back mm-hmm. and was a coordinator. And I believe they won a Super Bowl that year. Right. Was that the year they, Is that, they was beat that the, the Panthers? Year? Was he? You might be right. You, so, I think you are right, actually. Yeah. 2015, 16, that area. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, hey. Interesting. Now, a couple of the coaching dominoes are falling. There's some scuttlebutt as far as players are concerned. So the first domino for players is Tom Brady's name is out of the the ring, if if you will, as far as uh, being an option for teams. We've heard everything from San Fran to Las Vegas to possible return to the Patriots is one of the things out there, but even possibly staying in Tampa Bay, but who knows. But now he's retired, so... There are several jobs that can't get that guy, and that's just one less quarterback available. Right now, we have Jimmy G, who should be available as a free agent. We have Derek Carr, who should be available nine times out of ten via trade. It's a possibility that Aaron Rodgers may be available via trade. Who am I missing that's out there that's available for anyone, I mean, maybe Lamar is available via Tyler trade. Huntley. Give up enough. <laughs> the Pro I mean, Bowl, it, well, Pro Bowl Tyler Huntley. He, <laughs> right. Um, well, no, isn't he still under his rookie contract with Baltimore right now? I believe he's a, he's a free agent this year. Yeah, he's a oh, free is agent. he? Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. So, what do we, I mean? You got New Orleans, are they going to still go with the Dalton Winston show? I think. Winston may be a free agent as well. Like, where do we see some of these dominoes falling? Who's most likely to stay? What's your either or scenarios? What do you, what do you kind of have going here? We're going to sit back and see. I think it'll be a wait and see type of um, game when it comes to free agency with these quarterbacks. I think some guys are already kind of locked into some places. As far as Tampa Bay, let's see who, who the OC is, right? I think that's going to really tell the tale of the tape. True. Uh, I know people may be thinking about a James reunion. I don't quite see that. It depends again who the coordinator is, right? I think if, if if the big boy upstairs is down on the field, that may happen. But you know, a lot of times guys bring their guys with them, so we want to see where a lot of these guys end up at to, to see where who goes where. I think I'm not sure if they even believe in a Trask. Tampa Bay could be very well blowing that thing up. We're hearing things like Mike Evans is on the move. We're hearing Godwin's on the move, right? And and I would be surprised if Leonard you know Fournette, Fournette is on the move, right? Mm-hmm. So right. with that being said, I don't see a veteran. Couple of those defensive guys too. Yeah, I don't see Quite a veteran, and I don't even though Florida has the you know state tax thing and the good weather, I don't see a lot of veterans want to go to a rebuild, right? Because a lot of these guys have no trade clauses. Um, so definitely guys like Carr, Rogers, I definitely see those type of guys going to Tampa. But a lot of these other teams like the Raiders, I could see maybe the connection with a Jimmy Garoppolo, being him being familiar uh, with McDaniel's things like that. Um, we already seen with Rogers. He will, they already said they're not trading him to NFC team at all, right? That already eliminates half the league. So right. who's left? <laughs> the Jets are left. Um, I think a door cross would be someone like Tennessee who was showing some interest in him last year and him mm. having a home in Tennessee, right? Yeah. So you got to kind of wait and see, I think. It's going to be who's available. Who's, who's, who's standing at the end to see, you know, who goes where, I think. Too, looking at salary cap, who's going to want to go to a place like Tampa, New Orleans, you know, in particular, who has that issue of cap? 
they, you know, looking at Tampa, Tampa guys over 30 unrestricted free agents. The Saints have a plethora, and I think they're going to be like a 50 some odd million against the cap. It's a it's a crazy number, just the same as last year. In that case, like, what quarterback is going to come there with, with nothing? Like, he's took to this point. Like you said, the Jets, obviously, is going to be a hot commodity. The Raiders are going to be a hot commodity. Like you said, it's an honest wait and see. With some of these moves that have to be done, obviously, you no, know, Derek Carr has to be done by the 15th. I think Aaron Rodgers' money becomes good in, in March. So some of these, we're going to get answers sooner than not. They, now, you know, I want to say with Aaron Rodgers, it was something dealing with the money situation to whereas the later they trade him, the less dead cap they have. Like, I want to say with Carr, it was like the earlier, the better. But with Aaron Rodgers, I want to say it was something with the June 1st type of a number that, that they end up with a lot less um, of a cap issue. But maybe, maybe they don't care about cap because with them getting rid of them, that's going to open up enough cap that that won't matter if they get the right price for them. Because if I'm getting them, you know, if I'm willing to pay whatever your price is, I don't care about your cap i want my guys so we can get this offense together but here's the thing if they refuse to move him until june 1st then it only makes sense that he goes to the jets because it would be the offense that he already knows so he wouldn't actually have to come in and learn anything so that would kind of kind of lessen that curve if you will and will he and retire I have here, too so i was going to just say i have it here with his contract so that eight, that 58.3 million becomes guaranteed march the 17th for aaron Rodgers. and i, and I and think the packers are going to be no it, it's not a guarantee it's the dead cap if they move them. It, that's that's two different numbers well i think they i definitely think they're going to be like i don't think they're going to play Rodgers' game with him this year i think they're going to be like yo let's let's go ahead and get something in place and move him and then other teams going to deal with the you know if we make this they're going to have the conversation with aaron and say hey if we make this trade for you are you going to come that's going to be right. the conversation i think a lot of guys real quick though before we move on i think a lot of guys may have played their way into some good situations um Jacoby Brissett may be a name that you will see. I think Tampa Bay can very well take their get one of these kind of low, kind of low tier guys. I don't see them getting a high guy. And my dark horse would be someone like a Gardner Minshew. I, I always liked Gardner Minshew when he was in Jacksonville. He did come in and play for a little bit for the Eagles this year. And he didn't look bad. So I think he'll be a guy that can, you know, maybe they draft a quarterback and you just bring in a veteran to compete for the job and, you know, situations like that. So guys like him, Brissett, they probably get to these New Orleans, Tampa Bay kind of gigs, a drafted, you know, with a rookie and just battle for the job. And they probably, you know, let that their rookie sit for a year or so. Yeah, I can see a, a Wentz or somebody like that being on that same type of a list. It seems like the commanders have already chosen to go a different direction than than he. So I could see them possibly cutting him or keeping um, Heineke as the backup versus having Heineke and Wentz. Hold on, real quick though, right? Wasn't Frank Wright there when Wentz was drafted? Wasn't he the OC with Philly? Yeah. Wentz can very well be in Carolina. This is we, true. We already see quarterback. He's already kind of putting the band back together. We just seen that Deuce Staley, who was the running back coach in Philly, is now on the way to Charlotte. He, he's trying to put the band Deuce. together. So, Welcome yeah, back home. Yeah, Deuce Staley. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he was a, like the assistant head coach and I think uh, running back coach in Detroit this past season. So he's on the move back to get under Frank's umbrella. So they may try to put the band back together. So if Wentz is moved, because he's not a free agent, but if he is moved, that would probably be a team that would probably uh, look for a service. Hell, honestly, hell, I I'll send you Darnold. Send me Wentz. That's straight up. Like, <laughs> I mean, like, you, you send me your supposed problem, I'll send you mine. Like, why well, Darnold, not? Well, Darnold's actually a free agent. Oh, is he? Okay, yeah. I thought he was still on the contract with Carolina. No, so he's just a, hoping to have a contract. Yeah, he's out there. I mean, even a guy like a Mason Rudolph who's a free agent. Gino is yeah. still a mystery. I think Seattle like him, but he he yeah, he, I he think can Seattle's very well. Going young. 
I think Seattle going to make him an offer, but I think he maybe can command more money. Is he a free agent? The, yes, he is. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he probably can command more money on the on the market. You know what I mean? I think they're going to make him an offer. It ain't but so many teams. But there's teams that's Tampa Bay, maybe. Right. That, that's the biggest there's some one. Yeah, there's some quarterback needy teams. I think he could do something in New Orleans. To be honest with you. I, I would rather see that than the, the Andy Dalton experiment again. Who knows? Hell, he may go back. If, if, if the Jets can't get their wishes and get an Aaron Rodgers, hell, maybe another New York reunion. Who knows, man? At this point, you just never know. what It's, it's kind of like fantasy football, not for agency. It, it goes <laughs> wild. It gets real wild. Ain't nothing wrong with that, though. That makes the offseason hella exciting. I think that pretty much wraps up the news. Let's go ahead and get into Final Fantasy, the tight end edition. All righty, so the final segment of the Final Fantasy Edition this offseason is going to wrap up with tight ends. We have our usual suspects. We have some guys that came out of nowhere, some guys that we thought were going to be a little bit better than they were. But we're going to kind of go through and see what's what. Tight end is always kind of a hodgepodge of guys after you get to your first few. So we'll definitely dissect and see what's what and see what we think may be I need little sneaky stashes for our next year for our dynasty fans. But let's go ahead and kick it off. Number one, and no surprise, Travis Kelsey. Number two, and somewhat of a surprise, TJ Hawkinson. Number three, Mark Andrews. Number four, George Kittle. Number five, Evan Ingram. What say you gentlemen? I'll put you like this, right? I didn't call it being this high, but Evan Ingram was a guy I was saying look out for. And I mean, Joe may be alluded to as well. Again, we try to tell listeners, man, pay attention to these coordinators, right? I think I said it one show. The years that, uh, what's my guy's name? The coach Jags. Oh, Peter, he, Peterson? Yeah, when he was in Philly, I don't think they had a tight end finish no less than like six or something like that, right? All the yep. years he was there. So, come on. I mean, just follow the, follow the trail. You know what I'm saying? Even though Ingram had his issues with injuries and things like that, follow the trail, man. So that was one a good call out that I, I made. I didn't know it was going to be this high, but it's good to see him there. I think TJ Hawkinson was strictly the trade that pushed him above. Absolutely. They, they got him in his atmosphere, right? We know he's a good, you know, a good play, but no one see him finishing this high. And I think without that trade, he wouldn't have. Kelsey, no surprise. George Kittle, it's good to see him back in the fold, but Brock Purdy was, they gave him a little jolt. They got him at this, at this uh, spot. Now that Brock Purdy may be out for next year, uh, I don't know. Real quick before I end it in this top five, my I would be alarmed for my Mark Andrews owners because I want to see now that Greg Roman is gone, who is the next guy in, right? So pay attention to the trail. Pay attention to who the coordinators are because he can very well be boxed out. He can become obsolete. He become a top tight end. He, come, he can become from a top tight end to middle of the road. It depends on who comes in and call on those plays so, and who they like. And also the quarterback situation with Lamar. So. That's something to pay attention to. If I was an Andrews owner, I'll have my finger on the trade button as soon as that news come out. And that's something that we forgot to talk about in the news section. Yeah, Greg Roman been going. This can be one or two things. It can be the beginning of the end for Baltimore, or it could be a godsend because maybe with changing the offense, you may be able to entice additional free agents who won't be, you know, afraid of hurting their numbers and are 
run first, run heavy, run out of time type of a situation. And maybe that was also something that was going to put a smile on Lamar Jackson's face. I'm pretty sure they wouldn't do anything in this moment if they do truly indeed want to keep him. I don't think they would do anything that he would be opposed to them doing, if that makes sense. So I think changing the offense was it was kind of, you know, par for the course. It's kind of time for it, in my humble opinion. Joe, what, what did you know was coming? What smacked you like a ton of bricks? I think, honestly, really was Hawkinson. But then again, it's one of those things, like, if you kind of delve into it with the Kevin O'Connell thing and what they did with Higby and everything and what they did with Joe Everett. But I just didn't – obviously, we don't even put that all together because how the trades happen in real time. He's going he's gonna to be in that top position, you know, one through five, in my opinion, going forward. He's just in an offense that's, that's very unique to featuring the tight end as well as the, you know, the top receiver. So I, I, that took me by a complete surprise. Coming in at tight end number six, we had Pat Firemove. Number seven, Tyler Higby. Eight, Taysom Hill. Number nine, Dalton Schultz. And number 10, Jawan Johnson. I can definitely say the one that came out of nowhere was Jawan Johnson because I knew his name, but I had no clue that he could even possibly scratch the surface of being a top 10 tight end, but they utilized him quite a bit in the red zone and he's a big guy. So that was one of the ones that surprised me. And the fact that tight ends eight and 10 are both on the same team. Taysom Hill obviously got a little bit more run and there's a wildcat quarterback sometime and, uh, you know, passing touchdowns and things of that nature. So he's kind of a gadget guy that we'll kind of see if they continue to use him. But outside of that, with the Rams kind of being a little lower on weapons, Tyler Higby made sense. Pat Firemove, he made sense in the fact that normally when you have younger quarterbacks, they're going to be a little bit closer to the vest. The tight end is their best friend. I'm hoping that Kenny Pickett will kind of loosen up a little bit, get George Pickens, uh, Deontay Johnson, um, those type of guys a little bit more involved. I don't know how much of an expense that'll be as far as uh, Pat Firemuth is, is concerned, um, as far as when Kenny Pickett does open up a little bit more, but that is what the Steelers are going to need for them to uh, kind of go forward. So is there a particular guy that you can kind of see falling or a guy that in this group that you can see rising? The guy, the surprise guy that we talked about, Jawan. At the same time, I think he's a guy that we can see fall. There's a lot of tight ends that's behind him that probably would be in front. Uh, again, not knowing who's who's coming to town. He done well with a middle-of-the-road quarterback this year. Who's coming to town to New Orleans and can they, you know, build on that? I think Taysom Hill will be a guy that probably would fall as well. Um, he's here. Everybody know why he's here. It's not because he's a tight end, but we don't know how long that gadgetry is going to play out. And hell, who knows? He may be in Denver next year, right? I'm not sure this if he's a true. free agent, but who's who's a bigger fan than him than the guy that's the head coach of Denver right now? He was his biggest fan. So I'm not sure if he's Facts. a free agent or not. He got Joe, him paid. Yeah, Joe probably can you know speak on that. I can very well see him in Denver next year doing that same old thing. And if that's the case, then I, I still like Taysom Hill right here. But I think Jawan would be a guy that will maybe fall out of, out of this number going into next year. This list was pretty interesting. First going to, to Taysom. I think Taysom signed like this really lucrative deal with them for like I think four more additional years. He'll be one of those people that might re- that's likely to restructure. Or to your point, it might be a good destination in Denver. To your point, uh, for those reasons, Vander. Obviously, a lot of surprises with Taysom and Juwan being there. Dalton Schultz. When healthy, we kind of saw that he was going to have a, a good season. As far as like someone I can see being up higher in this list, 
it would be Tyler Higby. Now, I definitely want to preface in saying it, Mike, him moving up might be in place of Evan Ingram at five. I don't see him going much higher than that. Dealing with injury a lot of this season, as well as not having Stafford on the field. But we've seen in this offense, when he is healthy, that he just they just get him involved. They're very creative in how they get him the ball with like bubble screens and things of that nature. He's just a weapon that they just they utilize heavily. Injury played a lot into it, and obviously the lack of quarterback, to be honest. They didn't have it, you know, it was no really reason for him to have this diminishing talent. I just can only hope that they can get him more involved and for somebody to be at seven and he not have the output that he would normally have. I think that says that he can kind of be a good tight end and somebody I would buy low and definitely they have the all the numbers as well as far as route participation, uh, routes run and things of that nature kind of drew me to Higby last season. Uh, and it'd be the same reason to go back to him next season. The guy that I think can kind of take the biggest leap, if you will, and this is regardless of whether he stays where he is or goes somewhere else, is going to actually be Dalton Schultz. I see the talent there, and when he's a focal point, or at least one of said focal points, he doesn't have any problems at all catching the ball. Um, so I can kind of see Dalton Schultz kind of taking that next step. That, especially, that, comes, that comes with a disclaimer but, as well because he's a free agent too. So Right, exactly. That's what I was about to say. So I was going to say, especially if he ends up somewhere else because they're going to have to pay him quite nicely and you don't normally pay a tight end unless you're planning on using them. I can even see like a Detroit that just gave up a TJ Hawkinson. I can see him thriving in that type of an offensive situation. There's several teams out there, but we'll kind of see how that goes. What you got, B? I just don't think that he'll be back in Dallas being that um, Dallas got some promising guys behind him, like two actually. Like two yeah, pretty Ferguson promising. is one of them, and um, I forgot H- the other guy. Is guy's it Hinder, Hindershoot or something like that? H- Hindershot or something Hindershot. like that. Yeah, something got, like that. They got some promising guys. Like, and you know, it's fun that Dallas – has seemed to always have some pretty good young tight ends over yeah, the years. Yeah, they're like, sense, right? you know how we were talking about Pittsburgh with wide receivers? Yeah. Dallas has always had tight ends. Yeah, they always had some decent guys, whether they was able to get on the field or not. Because, you know, Witten wouldn't let nobody get ahead of him. But anyway, right. <laughs> moving on to that. But uh, it, it depends on the show's land. Uh, I don't think he'll be in Dallas next year. Though. I can see one of those other guys like being the guy. This next five, they were, for some, disappointing. For others, Al Popo. For me, they're, they're guys that I kind of thought could have ended up quite a bit higher. But Cole Komet at number 11, Dallas Goddard at number 12, Gerald Everett, Tyler Conklin, and David Njoku. Gerald Everett was one of my guys I had last year. I mean, just from what we read, like, you know, what, I, I, you know, it's going to sound redundant, but with just the relationship we noticed with Herbert, Herbert targeted the tight end, I think it was over a little more than 25%. I forgot the exact number I gave out on the show. And we just seeing what they did with, with Jared Cook, he had great upside. He missed a, a few games with Seattle the year before. And he just kind of just knew with the, you know, like I said, how involved he'll be in the offense, how often Herbert would target uh, his tight end that he'll figure to be somewhere on this list. Goddard sounds about right, but we also got to keep in mind, I think he missed four games with injury this year. So this could definitely right. have been a way higher scenario than what we got. And I, I think all of these guys that, were injured at some point, if I'm not mistaken, from, from 11 all the way up through 15. I think all of them were injured at some point. Cole commit, like, to your point, I would – I would have liked to see him hired too. I think he, when he gets the ball, we can see that he's he's definitely different. And Joko, I, I honestly slept on in Joko. He he pretty pretty solid. Uh, Tyler Conklin was just battling with the guy that came from Bengals Uzuma. 
last year, uh, this year. So he, in addition to missing a few games, he also was uh, in competition and didn't start over uh, Uzama. Excuse me. I like this list. Uh, somebody that could be a riser out of this list. I like Njoku. I think you know, like in this, and this is contradicting. Cause I love Harrison Bryant uh, so much, but Njoku, he he's catching. Like he, like I'm seeing a presence of him that we didn't see in years past. In the veteranship, I guess you could say it wasn't those lack of drop, lacks of concentration. Like the dude was out there getting it done, man. He was he was definitely moving the ball. I actually think uh, I kind of agree with the Njoku. I think you know playing three quarters, what like three quarters of the season pretty much without Deshaun Watson. I think in one full offseason together, that tandem would do a lot better. Uh, looking at this list, though, I like Jared Everett, right? Killing Moore is in town. Facts. You know what I mean? So I, I really, even though he's done well here at 13, I could see him maybe, you know, scooting up a few more notches um, now that this new this new quarter is in town because there's going to be a lot more targets heading his way and a lot less targets heading to, you know, maybe, you know, other guys on the team, the way Killer Moore calls play. So makes um, sense. My only thing with that was just I just want to know if he's going to resign with them or not. He took out that one year deal for seven million. Oh, he got he's a, a free agent as well. Yeah, he got that'll definitely be one of the next shows. We'll go over the uh, top free agents and kind of figure out you know best fits and things of that nature. But um, yeah, that that's definitely going to play a huge factor here coming up right after the Super Bowl. We got Dawson Knox at number sixteen. Noah Fant, Zach Ertz, Robert Tunyon. Rounding out at number 20, Hayden Hurst. This group, honestly, it's a group of disappointment. I really thought that Robert Tunyon had an opportunity being one of the only quote-unquote vets, if you will, with Aaron Rodgers to step up a little bit. He didn't do much. Dawson Knox, I thought, would take a next step, but he took a step back. Noah Fant, I didn't really have expectations for Fant, so I'll say maybe he's one that didn't disappoint because I really didn't have expectations. Zach Ertz does what he does, which is normally gets hurt at some point in time. Hayden Hurst, he started to come on at certain points of the season, but in that offense, I think he can be a little bit more consistent, if you will. So for me, this group of five, to a certain extent, was some of the more disappointing, other than there are a couple of guys that we'll get to that ended up behind them that I was way more disappointed in. We'll get to that in a second, but what do you guys have in this five? Dawson Knox, Noah Fent, Zach Ertz, Robert Tunyon, and Hayden Hurst. Many surprises here. Um, I think you thought Dawson Knox may be a little higher due to how he ended up last season. I had higher hopes for Robert Tunyon, being that uh, Devonta Adams was gone, and we know how Rodgers can be as far as the trust issues. So I really thought right. Robert Tunyon would probably be a little bit better. Noah Fent, the trade that was made to Seattle, with the emergence of Geno, that was that was a pretty good move. But once you get down this deep, I mean, everybody's pretty much even at this point when it comes to tight ends. So, you know, tight end is one of those real top-heavy. It's probably the most top-heavy position in fantasy, right? Definitely. It's like top tier. You, know, and you then, got like four and then, well, maybe five, and then everything else is the same. pickle <laughs> Right. It, it may not even be. It, it's, like, it's like top tier is like maybe one or two, and then you got those like three guys that's right there and then everybody else is even <laughs> so this is just part of the even crowd right here like it's not gonna be a big difference between who's 16 and who's 22 
to look at Robert Tunyon coming back, he had a hard time recovering from the in his injury he sustained last year. And you can just tell, I think I think it went through all the way even into preseason until week one. It was in question. He kind of just saw it on the field. Like he wasn't Robert Tanyan of old. I can definitely say that. So I, I can't, I'm not really surprised that he's this low. Zach Ertz, I honestly thought the offense would look a lot better with Kingsbury, but also to your point, like he just can't really stay healthy. We didn't get a, a full chance of that. And then Dawson Knox, I felt too, like uh, to what you guys were saying earlier, I thought he was going to kind of build upon the last season, you know, kind of take, you know, similar production or a little bit more touchdowns. Kind of surprised he's down here. There's honestly, there's nothing to look forward to, like you said, once we get to this part to look upwards, but there are a few people left on this list to kind of see upside in. Going to go 10 deep from 21 to 30. We have Hunter Henry, Kate Otten, Jordan Atkins, Austin Hooper, Mike Jacecki, Will Disley, Greg DeLucci, Chig O'Connor, Foster Moreau, Darren Waller. When we talk about disappointments, Darren Waller, even I would say to a certain extent, Mike Jacecki. I I didn't foresee them being this far down on the list, and they definitely weren't drafted as such. Um, they would definitely be my most disappointing. While at the same time, I think Darren Waller has also the most likely to improve moniker as well. And Joe, correct me if I'm wrong, but Mike Gusecki is about to be a free agent as well, isn't he? Yep. So depending on the offensive situation that he goes to, he can be an overnight success. He may be one of those guys that you can get you know, on the low right now. Um, and even if someone is really disappointed in Waller, I mean, th- these might be guys that you can get on the low. The other guy, Hunter Henry coming in at 21, going back to a Bill O'Brien offense, this might be a guy that has some added value just being back in that type of a tight end heavy system. And I really believe that Mac Jones is going to kind of have between he and hopefully we get Myers back, he'll kind of have them as kind of a safety play. What you got here? Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and speak on the Hunter Henry thing. Like, for all you listeners, man, this is the guy you want to go get because they just loaded to Bill O'Brien coming back into the fold. And not only him, I mean, the the guy Smith, what's his first name again? Got a brain freeze. John o. Smith? John o. Smith. Both of these guys. And the reason I say that is because everyone remembers the whole two tight end set, Hernandez Gronkowski, that was so. Right. Guess who the OC was? Da, 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 da. Bill O'Brien. And it was only for that one year. He was the guy that what got him the job in Houston. So um, if I'm you, if you don't have, if you you know, if you're in the middle of the road when it comes to these things, like the guys I spoke on, if you got the Noah Fants, if you got the Tyler Conklins and things of that nature, Hunter Henry, man, he 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 might be the one. And if you dig it even deeper, I think John knew as well because and the slot guy and Bill O'Brien's offense is uses those and that two tight end sets, those two guys and that slot guy getting all the love. So I love Hunter Henry moving forward. He'll be a guy I would have on my radar. I actually tried to make a few moves for him. They went budget. Darren Waller, he's also being he's on pretty much in trade discussions. Who knows where this guy may land? You know what I mean? So pay attention to see where he lands and see if the coordinators, everything's matching. I guess I I, I guess you want to call him a disappointment because of, you know, where he ended, but you know, he was injured most of the season. Um the guys I like right here is the two surprises, the rookies. They did well. Um, Greg DeLuch and uh, I'll call him OK. 
Okanawoku or whatever from Tennessee. They show some promise, both of those guys. And I think I look for them to build on that because usually it's hard for rookies. Tight end is like the hardest position to come in and transition from college to pros. Um, so to see these two rookies right here with limited action because a lot of these guys turned on later. Right. They had starters in front of them. Hooper in Tennessee and um, uh, everybody thought it was going to be the guy in, uh, in Denver. Albert O? Ayo, Ayo, right? So yeah. I like these guys moving forward. And I, I have the pronunciation down pat. It's Chig Okonkwo, if I'm not nope. mistaken. Yeah, he, he, that, that dude, he, he showed some <laughs> promise, man. Again, like I say, tight end is usually the hardest position to transfer over from the college to pro level. And I, I like what I've seen from him on film, um, on limited limited uh, targets and you know, limited playing time as well. So for him to be sitting at 28 with that limited playing time, the future look bright for that kid. I like him. But I do want to see who their signal call is going to be next year. Yeah, I don't absolutely. think it's going to be Tannehill either. So that's also another thing to pay close attention to. Yep, I agree. That's and, and actually, that's another quarterback that may be on the move and another team that may need a quarterback. So we got that right. going too. Yeah, well, this this list, honestly, you guys kind of summed it up and broke it down pretty well. And I, I think, like you said, all the rookies kind of show promise. And I think uh, that was a great upside. Like you said, with Gusecki, I just I, I feel my heart go to Gusecki because it wasn't just the year before he's you know telling himself uh, wanting to be paid as you know wide receiver more so than tight end, and then boom, Mike Daniels get there, not involved in the offense. We're gonna get you smart, we're gonna get you hunt along, and then we're gonna get you a couple passes every so often just to have you on the field, and then sometimes you can show the kind of player that you are year you know week in and week out. I think a change of scenery is definitely going to benefit him without going too much into the future. Looking at the list also with Darren Waller, and I forget whether it was on the show or in our dynasty, but Darren Waller, I think, is on the end of the road, honestly. I th- And we all can attest to this. When we start seeing these these players emerge and get this high utilization of value, like a volume, a lot of passes, they become susceptible to all kinds of injuries, you know, like, and I think he, the injury bug just struck this man one too many times. He didn't even look like himself once he finally returned from injury. I just be honest to keep up. I wouldn't be as invested in years past in Darren Waller if he is a position of value, like like we always allude to. If you can get him much later uh, next year, then great. But of this list, um, I think Foster Moreau is definitely. And we, we're going to obviously have a, a different segment to talk about it. I think he's someone who can definitely jump into the seventeens to fifteen to seventeen range, maybe top ten. He's going to get a good – he's going to get a bag because when you look at it from another perspective, I mean, the Cowboys are not letting Schultz go. They're going to tag him ASAP. So they'll use him and Gusecki in this tight end market to go wherever they want to choose. I think he's going to end up in a team that's going to uh, utilize his skill sets. And, again, going into another segment can kind of break him down a lot more. He's somebody who's free. And just for the sake of him being the number, like the number two tight end, not as far as like – his ability, but just number two, as far as we're going to look at Kaseki and to him, he's going to go get a bag somewhere. And again, we'll touch on a little bit more as to why he can go that far up. Get him while he's free. He's free. He's going to get, you know, nine to $10 million in free agency and be asked to, you know, be a starting caliber tight end. And we'll touch on those skill sets a little bit later. To wrap up Final Fantasy tight end edition, we have tight end 31, Cal Pitts. 32, Daniel Bellinger, 33, Logan Thomas, Isaiah Likely, Jelani Woods, Noah Gray, Brock Wright, Kobe Parkinson, Kalen Granson, and rounding it out with Harrison Bryant. Obviously, just looking at the elephant in the room, Kyle Pitts should never be this low ever again in life. 
that's just number one. Someone Vander uh, spoke to about a lot on the show. Isaiah Likely was somebody who actually was quite impressive as well, too. I honestly like this list, and as far as the dynasty perspective, I like Noah Gray a lot. I like um, Harrison Bryant a lot. But just to go into Noah, uh, Noah Gray, Noah Gray, because you know Kansas City, they they got a plethora of other tight ends, but. He's been getting those intermediate passes, those deeper passes, a little bit more frequently this year. They just utilize him a little bit better. I think it's one of those things you can get ahead of the curve with somebody like Noah uh, Gray in the sense where if anything was to happen to Kelsey, just keep in mind, like, this guy is art. How to utilize his skill set now, he'll just go through the roof. So he'll definitely be somebody, like, to have as far as in case of, you know, injury or in dynasty, I might hold on to him altogether. And then the other one being Isaiah Likely, I Whatever the offense going from now, he's going to be a big part of that. I think he might end up, you know, playing a lot in the inside as a slot receiver, as well as uh, playing in the traditional role as a tight end, maybe be a halfback. He reminds me a lot like Chig, like how you can just utilize him in the slot, you know, as a halfback, you know, as a tight end. Like, you know, it's, you can just use him in various ways and employ him on all types of levels on the field uh, as well. Uh, what else I like about this list? It's hard to say with the Colts because they they just they can't pick if they like Moelle Cox, if they gonna like this kid Jelani Woods, Kylan Grayson. But Jelani Woods definitely stuck out to me. Somebody we went over in the draft show. He's literally Moelle Cox's clone. They got the same height, six seven. He's two fifty, and they have the same skill set. So if they move away from Moelle Cox, it's, is it's Cox a free agent? That's a good question. I don't think they re-upped his contract. I know that he and who was it? Jack Doyle was kind of battling it out there for a couple of years, but I don't think he got a new contract. So he may be walking out the door without a new contract, leaving Jelani Woods and Kylan Granson. He got one more year. He has one more? Okay, cool. But it's a potential out for 2023, so they can move away from him this year. We got to watch that one. Atlanta is another team that is in flux as far as quarterback is concerned. They said that they weren't sure that Ritter was going to be the guy. Hopefully, whoever gets there knows how to throw the ball to Kyle Pitts, and hopefully he doesn't get hurt again. But he's a guy that's at number 31 that could easily be in the top three next year, just depending on how that situation works itself out. Some people may have kind of forgotten what and who he is. If you can go take a stab at that guy and get him for pennies on the dollar, now may be the only time. I don't even know that they have to fix the quarterback issue. They just have to get somebody in there that has competence. Maybe, for example, a Ryan Tannehill reuniting with his coach. We know what they did with the tight end position anytime they ran that offense. So in my humble opinion, that would be an upgrade in Atlanta as far as the quarterback position is concerned if a healthy Ryan Tannehill is there. And then you don't have to worry about that curve of him learning the offense and having that, you know, the first year jitters or the first year of, you know, not really knowing the nuances of what's going on. So one of those things that you can kind of look at down the road as being a, a, a decent fit. What do you have on this group, Vander? Yeah, not really much um, for me to speak on this group. Again, I think Kyle Pitts is a guy who, who won't be here any longer. Only the injury kept him here, and the lack of quarterback play in that offense was just a, just a mess, week in, week out. But the one kid I do like as well, man, Isaiah Likely, man. I like I love this kid. If you're in the dynasty league, especially in a deeper league, hold on to this dude, man. You know, Andrews is getting up there in age, and he's next in line. Again, we don't know how the OC going to be, but this kid showed a lot of promise um, and showed that 
he can, you know, play ball on this level. Another one of those rookies I'm fond of, along with Chig and DeLuke, that I spoke on earlier. These are like the three of my favorites. Before we leave, and we talk about this a lot more in the future, but don't be surprised this year in the first round you see three tight ends drafted. So this tight end list is, is, is pretty good, but there's more to come. You know what I mean? There's like three tight ends that can very well go in the first round uh, this year. And who knows where those guys are land. So I could throw a few names out there. You could write them down at home. You know what I'm saying? To be look out in your draft. We're going to have a look, plenty of draft shows coming up. Uh, but the, the kid, uh, Dalton Kincaid, uh, of course, big Darnell Washington and Micah Mayer, man. These three guys, man, don't be surprised if they're all first-round picks. So the tight end is, is about to get even more valuable. And we're going to go ahead and round the show out with the playoff review. We had the Bengals go up against the Chiefs. The Chiefs end up winning 23 to 20. I told you guys, if, if you listened to last week's show, that my betting hat told me that anytime the public is heavy, especially this time of year in the playoff game, Vegas can't take that type of beating. They can't. And that's the only reason that it made sense to me to pick the Chiefs because you had an injured quarterback. You had a team that seems to have had their number. Lo and behold, we got a 23 to 20, which also the over-under, as I told you, was at like 76%. It ended up going under. I think the over-under was at like 46. They ended up scoring 43 points. Again, as I've seen the trend going now over several weeks, if you get anywhere close to 80% of the public on anybody, it don't matter what your football knowledge is telling you, go with the house. The last, what, one, two, three times they played, it's always been cited by three points. Three points again. And, I mean, that's just what it is. I mean, what a gutsy performance by Pat Mahomes. I mean, you don't see guys play with a high ankle sprain. He didn't even get shot up before the game anything. So he gutted it out. That dude ain't got no high ankle sprain, man. I'm sorry. But go ahead. Hey, I mean, maybe it's part of the script. You know what I'm saying? It is. But, uh, Remember what I told you last week? <laughs> you got you got to rep- – I didn't know Tom Brady was going to retire this week. But what did I say last week? They're, they're starting to replace the old goat with the new goat. Lo and behold, now Tom Brady retires this week. It even goes more so to that that role or that storyline, if you will. So, I mean, hey, I'm just saying. Right. Again, uh, gutted it out, man. Looked really well. Playing at whatever percentage he is, 70, 75 percent, whatever he is. But um, this is a really good game. I, I know these guys are going to see each other many times in the future. So, it's not really much I can sell in this game. I mean. This might be Peyton and Brady again. Yeah, it's a coin toss. Again, a three-point winner. Um, but I did, watching this game did let me see, um, I think, on some things to look forward to in the future, moving on to next year. Some of the guys that's in this, it's good to see Pacheco. You know, this guy runs really hard. That was a, a bright side. McKinnon, I believe McKinnon's a free agent, I'm not mistaken. So it's just Okay, a, I was going to ask you about, so McKinnon really didn't get much of an opportunity in this game. Yeah. Was that happenstance, or are we thinking that they're moving on? I think it's really about matchup base, to be honest with you. Gotcha. Okay. Now that they're about to play one of the better run teams, you may see a little bit more McKinnon because I think the linebackers are not that good as far as the Eagles. So you may see him out there running a little more routes and stuff like that. So I think it's all about trying to get around the edges instead of going through the teeth of the defense. Right. But Pacheco, Pacheco can actually catch the ball, though. It's not too bad. You know, McKinnon just, you know, excels at it, but. Just watching this game again, just you know, just let you know things to look forward to moving in the future. So it's a good game, though. Yeah, uh, I thought this game was uh, was pretty, was fairly decent. 
I honestly threw for the Bengals, man. I really thought the Bengals would put together something, you know, to kind of upseed Kansas City. But when I saw Mahomes skipping and, and jipping in practice all week, I was like, oh, okay, it's about to be a good week. He, he looked pretty healthy to me. And he sure went out there, put up a show over 326 yards, uh, got everybody the ball. You know, even I think one guy caught I I never seen a guy. He might have been on the practice squad. He caught a pass. Like, it, it was crazy. It was, it was really good to see that offense. And then, then to Amanda's point, uh, seeing Pacheco catch, catch the rock, that's, you know, that's a part of the world barrel. It's something that he can do, but he hasn't been asked to do so. You know, watching him is definitely impressive. He just – he runs hard, but he's also tremendously fast. And I think when the game slows down for him and he can utilize his speed, it, the sky's the limit as far as his potential. But I want to see the Bengals get get back at it again and, and hopefully they get rid of Eli Apple for real, you know, and uh, move forward. Several quotes were made about this next matchup last week on both sides. One of my favorite quotes about this matchup was, Purdy will be running for his life. Quote one Brojo. We tried to tell you that this defense ain't what he done seen. You're make gonna it, make be... it make sense though. That's all I'm saying. Just make it sure, make sense. Sure, sure. I will. Yeah, yeah, I will. 31 to 7 makes it make sense. No, but no, <clears throat> let me no, finish. Don't, don't do that. So yeah, that's exactly what I'm doing. So you tried to pull the same thing against this defensive line that you did against other teams, which is letting your tight end go up against one of the strongest men on the defensive line. We told you that they were deep. We told you that they were coming. And literally, the quote that Rojo said was, this man will be running for his life. Not only did he run for his life, but the no, backup quarterback ran for his life, too. He didn't um, run for his so, life, though. Yeah, he did. No, he didn't. Yeah, what? No, he, he did. didn't. The, the guy got hurt, like, on the second series of the game. How was he running for his life? Make it make did sense. Did he get knocked out the game? Yeah, but how was that running for your life? He got his arm hit. That's not running for why, your life. Why? Why did he get hit? What you mean? Who why did he get him? hit? But that's not why running. Why did he get hit? But that's not running for your. I mean, make it he make sense. He didn't have time though. to. It was. It was only the second time not, that they got to him that he but, was out of the game. He but was that's done. Not, but that's not running for your life. And then the backup quarterback too. So let's just that's say the true. quarterback unit was put on their ass. No. Was that oh, not true? No. No. That didn't it's, happen. No. No. It's not. No. No. Oh, okay. Because I mean, you saw playing, a different game than I saw. Then. No, I mean, I'm ahead. looking. I'm watching the game. Like everybody's like, "Oh, this is going to happen." This, we didn't even see this guy on full display. The dude threw. Yeah, you could oh, because he got put on his ass early. He didn't get put on his ass. He got his arm hit. How did he get put on his ass? The boy hit his arm. That's not a put on your ass thing. He got sacked. Well, well, that's not even a sack. It's, it's a tip. It's a tip ball. Hit his arm. And he was out the game. Before then, like he, it didn't come to fruition. We didn't see a full game to say, okay, well they had him doing this, or had him doing that. So it's not you know fair what we to saw say a full game of. We saw a full right, game when 49ers not having an offense against the Eagles. Okay. I don't give a why, damn who why, you put out there. Why would you if you got a fourth string quarterback that wasn't with the team for the whole season? Why would you see that? But when we said meant the Mitchu game earlier right. last week. Right, it, it wasn't matter. nothing then. It didn't matter. What you mean? With, with the Dallas game in December that you kept bringing up, and I said Minshew was the quarterback. The no, quarterback but Min, no, see, but that's the thing. No, hold on. Minshew has been a starter in this league. Number one, he has way. Josh Johnson oh, has it. No, hell no. Josh Johnson like his seventh or eighth team, bro. But he what was a starter before. The, no, where? Wasn't he a starter in Tampa Bay? 
I was dude, 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 some injury must be. He was no starter for no I, I, season. What, well, shit, Brock Purdy is starter due to injury. What are we talking about? But what I'm, but what I'm saying is this though. You <laughs> could, you talking about Minshew and Josh Johnson? It's not the same. Yeah, Minshew has Minshew, Minshew has been a starter for more than one year on the franchise. Josh Johnson is like on his seventh or eighth NFL team, right? A a, a real journeyman, and then he got hurt. So at that point, they're playing with. He didn't hurt himself, and neither did Brock Purdy. No, no, no. He didn't get. He didn't hurt himself, but it wasn't a. All their sacks, they they had only three sacks in this game, and those sacks came in the first half. So it wasn't like this thing. Like, oh, it was just. Oh boy, they was. They didn't have the pressure no more. <laughs> they can't right. throw the ball. Okay. Well, I seen a different game again. Okay, like I said, yeah. if Purdy was if Purdy was able to play a full common game, then I'll be like, okay, it looked like this or it looked like that. Once Purdy, well, that don't happen when you get put on your but, ass early. I but, mean, what you want from him? But listen, to what I'm saying though, man, <laughs> you you spoke on like they was doing so much when Purdy left the game. The score was only seven nothing, and then at that point, they shouldn't even have the seven because it wasn't a flat. It wasn't a review on the on the fourth down pass that they threw to Devonta. It was an incomplete pass. At that point, well, the let's game not getting into the refs because it's no, a whole bunch no. Of but stuff. this has not this has, but this has nothing to do really do with bad calls. It's just no, there was no review. It was an incomplete pass. We're not saying a hold or passing friends or like that. It was an incomplete pass that they said was a catch. Mm-hmm. So that's fourth down. So the, game, the score could have been where it was zero zero. When Purdy left, it was seven to zero, and they scored on that. So it wasn't like oh man, Purdy it was twenty one nothing. It wasn't like that. So you're saying that a lopsided score can happen when a backup quarterback is in, but you didn't give that same energy to Minshew is all I'm saying. No, we did, it, it has nothing to do you with know. Minshew. Y'all bringing Minshew in the <laughs> – the, listen, the argument I made last week had nothing to do with Minshew. I said Dak Prescott threw for 350 on his defense. He ain't had nothing to do with Minshew. I'm talking about what the defense gave up, bro. What are you talking about? Y'all just making and up stuff. And the Eagles put up 31 points against the number one defense of the 49ers when their starting quarterback wasn't in to keep the other team off the field. Is that not what happened? The same way that the Eagles had 40 put up on them when they had that backup quarterback in because they couldn't sustain drives. When the 49ers no, this, had that no, backup no, quarterback it, in, it, they couldn't it wasn't sustain no, drives. No, it wasn't no backup quarterback. Dak Prescott is mean? a – Oh, you you mixing you mixing the shit up without thinking. Dak Prescott is a no, starter. No, no, I'm talking about Minshew. I'm talking about we the not, reason but why. I the never other- said anything about Minshew. Y'all brought Minshew up. I was talking about the Eagles defense giving up 350 yards and three touchdowns, bro, to Dak. I never said anything about Minshew. Y'all said, well, Minshew was the quarterback. That had nothing to do with 350 yards of passing offense and three touchdowns, man. That's all I'm saying. I'm talking about Dak Prescott. I never said anything about Minshew. We was talking about the Eagles defense giving up 350 yards passing. Minshew don't play defense, bro. Y'all so brought Minshew in. What, in, what, in what the do you fold. attribute the 49ers allowing the Eagles to, the Eagles to score so much on? Field position. No quarterback. Not able to move the ball. It wasn't that the Eagles off, like, it wasn't like, it wasn't that the offense was doing so much. Because you look at this Taylor Hurst didn't have no good game. So that's why I'm telling you Dallas put up so many points. Field position, bro. Because no. Minshew wasn't moving the ball, bro. Minshew didn't move the ball that game. Number one, number two, the boy get if three hundred and fifty yards. You still have to do that. It don't matter what your right, field right, position. right, right. I, I get that. It part. doesn't matter what your field position is. You still have to execute. The boy still threw three touchdowns though, and three hundred fifty yards. That has nothing to do with field position. That's execution, y'all. I mean, you mixing it up. It has nothing to do with one. Doesn't have to do with the other. 
The defense did not play bad in this game. The Florida defense did not play bad. Jalen Hurst did not have a good game. A.G. Brown did not have a good game. Devonta had that what one did, catch. He didn't have a great game. These guys did. What did Miles Sanders do? He, what did Gainwell do? He, 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 they, they, did, they did good as far as maybe – Miles Sanders is good as a fantasy thing, but he didn't run the ball well. He was under four yards of carry, which is pretty good. But due to field position and penalties, it pushed them to the damn goal line. It wasn't that the offense was just moving the ball up and down the field. I don't know what game y'all was watching. This Philadelphia offense was not moving up and down the field, bro. If you get penalties, pass interference is personal fouls that's moving you all over the damn field, then of course you can punch it in, but they wasn't doing that well. The boy only had 42 yards rushing on 11 carries. That's not crazy. Gainwell had 48 yards rushing on 14 carries. That's not good. A.J. Brown, four catches for 28 yards. That's horrible. Devonta Smith had two catches, bro, for 36 yards, and one catch was an incomplete. The offense did not do anything. They didn't. This is a really good game by the Fortnite the defense, bro. But due to them not being able to sustain drives, due to Josh Johnson being that quarterback, it hurts. The whole stadium. I, I, just don't, th- I don't think that that's fair because you talk about, even though he's a journeyman, he started 39 games in this league across his, his entire career. Over how many years, bro? He's been in the league for, let me go take a look. I mean, it, do, okay, to me, so he started 39 games. So divide. In my personal <laughs> Divide. He I never was the guy. We're going to give credit to Purdy playing eight games. No, no, no. telling somebody he played 39 games. But, oh, Purdy, since Purdy was starting, this is something Josh never did. Since Purdy was starting, he was leading the league in all quarterback statistical categories. You know, you will, you will aware of that, right? Over, since no he was a starter, he was, bro, since he was a starter, he was number one in passing yards, quarterback rating, to up touchdowns, all that. What are you talking about? That's a fact. Since he became the starter, he was number one in passing yards, touchdowns, and quarterback rating, bro. What are you talking about? I feel like the game was definitely definitely robbed. Yeah, I'm going to have to. Please. That that, that, that didn't make it. So so you're telling me that – let me just understand the stats because you can make numbers say just about anything. No, I'm not. No, no, because I'm I'm just asking because I I know you said that he was was somewhere around like just over 200 yards a game. So – I'm trying to verify how he had the most yards. You're saying that he put up more yards than Patrick Mahomes, more yards than what Geno was doing, more yeah. yards than yeah. Okay, that's what I'm saying. And, and, I'm and just trying to since, figure out since, what games since, week, were. since the week that he became the starter. I just feel like okay, is, so is, okay, I got you. So so we aren't looking so, at the so like actual. Week, go ahead. So so it was week thirteen. Uh, yeah, fourteen. Okay. Something like, to, from that point to the end of the season, that's what I'm saying. He was number so, one right. in all those all those stats, bro. That's a fact. Okay. I don't ever want to see games into injury, but I don't expect the game still being any way remotely close, even if Purdy Why not? played even longer. Why not? Again, if I told I mean, you if I told you that AJ Brown if I told you that Jalen Hurston throw no touchdowns, probably had 130, 40 yards passing. AJ Brown had less than what, thirty yards receiving, and I told you um Devonta Smith had less than thirty yards receiving or whatever, you'd be like, damn. No one had a, no one had hundred yards rushing. Everybody's under four yards rushing. Yeah, that's a recipe to win the game, bro. That's a recipe to win the game. But you still got to move the ball. You got to score points on the other end. When Josh Johnson came in the game, the whole stadium knew what was going on. And then when he left, and then when Purdy definitely came back in, Eric, the whole stadium knew he could not throw the ball. You see the boy having Tommy John surgery. He didn't throw the ball after that. It didn't matter if it was third and long. They just run the ball. All he could do is hand the ball off. Like, come on. I ain't mean, got nothing to do with like that. Backup. You, you should have yeah, put McCaffrey like... in as the, as the nah, wildcat, whatever on. you was going to nah, do. Nah. You would have been better off as McCaffrey as a wildcat than somebody that can't throw 
and obviously isn't going to throw, still getting the ball. That I mean, that's thing. cool, but come on, man. We, we, I mean, is what I mean, nobody want to put McCaffrey at quarterback. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, then, I'd rather put him same, back there as a weapon. Because at the same time, weapon. Yeah, but that the Eagles didn't prepare you, for. You come to somebody that's having Tommy John surgery because he can't. Like you say, he he didn't throw the ball any time after that. So yeah, I mean, you become too one dimensional. You know what I'm saying? Like you think you didn't with somebody that couldn't throw the ball. You just said you right, didn't throw the ball no more. Right, so. but when it's a wildcat, like you definitely know they're not like it's different. But man. but you didn't prepare for it though. Like, like that, that again, took the whole league by storm for a whole year. But the 49ers like, to not prepare for it and, and, and for that guy to be the running back, they didn't prepare I, I for him not to be the, the, the get hurt in the first. <laughs> they didn't prepare for Purdy to go oh, down true. either. Absolutely, absolutely. So, what, what I'm saying is, you know, kudos to the Eagles winning the game, but this the score didn't dictate this game. If you look at it, like I said, the Eagles offense wasn't doing nothing at all. It wasn't crazy at all. These the defense played a vet. Yo, shout out to um D'Amico. This is a very good game plan. They did well. Well, again, look at the stats. This is the Eagles now. This is the team who's been doing well all season long. 31-7 is all I can tell you. Man, that's cool. But answer. if you look at the stats, Hurts had a hundred <clears throat> Eagles Hurts had 120 yards passing, bro. He had 39 yards rushing. But but you you okay, 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 okay. All so right. so First of all, you acting like being that far ahead makes it that they gonna keep throwing. Why the hell would he have more passing yards? They were whipping y'all ass. You run the ball when you get your ass. No, but what I'm saying is he did. He wasn't doing. It ain't. It ain't really about that. It's about even they. It is about that. There's a reason why they didn't have more catches. There's a reason why he didn't have more passes. They were so far ahead that it didn't make. That's not true. He had twenty. He had twenty-five pass attempts, which is. If you look at a lot of games this year, he had good games with those amount of pass attempts. Bro. Yes, the games that they was whipping ass and didn't have to throw the ball no more. But, but he threw, but he threw touchdowns in a lot of those games, right? Like okay, the, that's fine. Hold on, hold on. He didn't against, have to throw the New, touchdowns in this one because he he wasn't able to. That's what I'm saying. Against the New York Giants, he, he didn't threw, have to. They right. who, who knows what would happen if they right. continued to throw the ball, but they didn't have to. Thirty-one to seven. All right, that's what happened. I, okay. I, I don't know what to tell you. All right. I mean, that's there, that was the final. Effect there too. That was the final score, but at the same time, the if you watch the game, the the Forty Nine defense played extremely well. Is what I'm saying. That's cool. They played. They, they <laughs> definitely played well. But I think the Eagles played relatively well too that first quarter. Even if, if we used to do first quarter versus fourth quarter, Eagles defense did phenomenal, and that's not even including the sacks to Purdy. <laughs> In general, they lined up, press coverage, did what they had to do. The defense allowed, controlled the game, and did what they had to do. Christian McCaffrey's the MVP of that team because that dude, that touchdown he got was amazing. Uh, he he did his thing on that touchdown with McCaffrey. But first quarter versus fourth quarter, I still give it to the fourth. The, the Eagles defense definitely came in. Without even accounting for the, the hit to Purdy that took him out the game, they did their job, and they came prepared to do their job as well too. 49 did a great job too on defense. That's how, you know, calling it what it is. They did, they did an excellent job on defense. Dog, if, if you can go into any game and get Hurts to pass for what he passed for and not run the ball like he's been running all season and get the running backs to average less than four yards a carry, AJ Brown and, and Devonta Smith to get a total, total together less than 60 yards receiving, man, please, that's a recipe to win the game. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. I'm just trying to, I'm, I'm just looking at the game breakdown like, after like the third quarter going into the fourth, I don't even see 
when Devontae you know, was even on the field anymore. I think that's when because they was whipping ass. They, you they don't was, they, they, they was no on the more, field, okay. man. Come on, bro. Whatever. No, I'm looking at it. Like after I'm looking at it right here. They was you know, on the field, scroll. man. Don't act they like wasn't they wasn't throwing the ball. They was on the field. But okay, you you're right. Again, I mean, I've seen right. we seen we seen no, it ain't about if I say so. We seen Jalen Hurts through. We've seen Jalen Hurts through for less passes and through touchdowns is what I'm saying. So don't act like that doesn't happen. It ain't really about oh they weren't throwing the ball. He has that's thrown- fine, bro. But All don't right. act like the you fact that they have less catches and less yards has nothing right. to do with the fact that they were ahead so far. No, halfway He's the third quarter okay. they weren't starting. Like all seriousness, they weren't starting okay. after the halfway right. through the third quarter. All right. I'm, and I'm not taking away from what you're saying, bro. I'm just saying like we go by numbers. Right. Like it wasn't like they played a whole four quarters. Right. So they they, so they did the that- whole game though. Don't act like it's old. Was they left in that? They left in the third quarter. They didn't before the third quarter. You you understand what I'm saying. You just choosing not to hear. But nah, it has nothing to do with that, bro. Like you look at it. You really wanted, does. You wanted, all right, you them to keep to stay on the field all four quarters. And why game would they continue to throw the ball? Of course, they would have more passes and more yards and no. all that if they needed them. It was it, it was a blowout. Okay. Why would you throw the ball? And, and the 49ers have a great. They wasn't defense. able to throw the ball at all the during game? the game, though, bro. But, they didn't need to. In the first, so, in the first, so in the first half, they didn't need to. No, what I'm saying. No, is, no. Answer this question. In the, the first ball, half, the entire game, in the first, no, we care about the entire game. In the first half, they did not. Why wouldn't we care about in the, the entire first? Game? In the first half, did they have the need to throw the ball? You say did they throw the ball in the first? half? Did they half? have the need to throw the ball in the first half? It was a part of the game plan. No, they no. Didn't, see, that's what I'm saying. Pay attention, people. Don't don't ever fall for the magician with the the rabbit in the hat thing. Did they have a need to throw the ball in the first half? That's all they I had. They had a need to stick to game plan. No, did they have a need like- to throw the ball, bro? That's you not yes the- or okay. no. It's not yes or no. It's the okay. way I want to answer the question. Let's move along. Now, you, Let's move now, along. now the question Wait, I, is, did they have on. a need? The answer to that on. question is the fact that if you aren't scoring, I'm on, not going to overload the pass game. It doesn't make along. sense. No, no. When I'm a running team, it doesn't make sense. Let's move along. No, no, no. Like, like, even if we went that route to start the to start the second quarter going into half, it was a seven seven game to start the. So, so, so do they have? So do they have? So do they have a need to throw the ball? Yes. They, okay. They, they they would still have to have okay. a reason to throw the right. ball. That's all I'm saying. That, That's all okay. I'm saying. They have but a reason to give up the run. It's actually the more important question. But go ahead. No, but they seven seven. Do you have a need to give? Do you have a reason to give up the run? It was seven twenty. Why would you do the air raid offense at that point? That don't make sense. It ain't about air raiding, but. When they was throwing the ball, it was Why would you give up the run successful. at seven to seven? It wasn't successful. But Why ahead. would you give up the run at seven to seven? They wasn't running the ball at a high clip, bro. This running averaging Why bro, would this you team give they was averaging less than four yards a run. Seven to seven. All right, bro. The same way you kept asking me about the pass, I'm asking you a simple question about the I, run. I just Why would you, you give up the I, run I just, at seven I just seven? answered it for you. You it did not. You didn't listen. You want to talk and not listen. I said it's average. They were averaging see? four see? yards a clip. You see, I'm trying fine. to answer and you talking. How can you hear me out? You asked me a question. I'm trying to give you an answer, but you're talking. So how can you hear me? Why? Okay, so why would they <laughs> get away from the run at 7-7? Seven to seven? Uh, Any reason any team would get away from the run at 7-7? Seven to seven? I don't see why I'm going to start throwing the ball in the game at 7-7. Seven to seven. It's not about the score. You, you, you throw the ball because of down and distance. You throw the ball because... This is what we're gonna do. You throw the ball because this is the number one run team in the league. That's why you throw the ball. It ain't really about but oh because the score is seven. That's seven. different when you telling me this is you. T- that's, that's different. You saying oh this is the Chargers <clears throat> who throws forty passes a game. That's something you tell me when it's like a team that passes at a high clip. You made your own point in saying that 
Jalen Hurts doesn't really get up there and pass an attempt. So now you no, want no, to no, pass. No, 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 no. I didn't say that. This, I said, I said what I said. I said there's been games where he had less pass attempts and threw for more touchdowns. That's what okay. I said. Come on, man. Don't mix the words up. Pay attention. But oh no, but I don't have to. I don't have to mix up your words because you, you in just average, did. He, no, no. But I, because what I'm, what I'm because listen to what I'm going to tell you. Would it behoove you to, to actually know that he kind of averages anywhere between twenty five to thirty two okay, so, or thirty three okay, passing attempts a cool. game? That doesn't that doesn't debunk me. That's what I'm saying. He was the one saying, "Oh, I passed the ball." Just then he passed the ball like dog. But for him to throw, it was seven to twenty one going to halftime. And cool. you can't say nothing about field position. You can't put field position. No, it was twenty one. It was twenty one seven going to halftime. Yet yeah, right or wrong? Agreed. But, and it has not had nothing. I'm looking at the. I'm looking at the. But, not bro. to cut you off. I'm looking at everything. It had nothing to do with possession, field position. They literally went and drove down the bro, field. Bro, you still not making sense though. But just this, this is what I'm saying. Don't say, well, they don't have to pass the ball when you just said. What he averages past attempts a game. That was right on point in this game. That's all you I'm don't saying. Don't have a quarterback oh, and they're right. up by two scores. <laughs> Again, Why would they pass? Joe, Joe, what you just said? You said the amount of pass attempts has got average. And this game right. is right on pace. What I'm saying right. is they didn't allow a touchdown pass. That's a big deal. That's all we're I'm not, saying. We're not questioning the defense. So the that's, defense that's all I'm well. saying. So why are you arguing yeah, with that's me? Fairly well. Why are you arguing with me? I said they didn't allow him a touchdown pass. Oh, well, they didn't have to pass. His pass attempts is right on pace for what he did all season. From what Joe just said, 21 in the first half is what he said. He only passed about five (laughs) times in a whole half because he didn't need to. Again, his pass attempts is right on pace for what he's been doing all season long, according to Joe Bro. (laughs) According to him, that's right on pace. He had 25 pass attempts. That's right on pace what they've been doing all year. And what I'm how saying many is they have in the first half versus it does, the second What I'm half saying is they, they didn't give up a passing touchdown, though. That's the point I'm making, though. It's not about. Because they stopped so, passing for a whole half no, is my point. It does again. Are you are you nuts? The man just said the amount of pass attempts he averaged the season. And he also said so, how many pass attempts he had the second half. How can both not be true? What are, listen, what are we talking about? It's right on pace this game, what he's oh averaged all God. season long, though. So it ain't really about if they stop passing or not. He's right on pace if it's average. What I'm saying if you're is asking even a specific hold, even, question of passing touchdowns, right. that does correlate to the fact that he didn't no, throw doesn't. the ball in the second half. No, it doesn't. When the man so you're just, saying that when he the had a lower said, chance if he kept throwing the ball? The man just said how many pass attempts he averaged this season. So you're saying that if they kept throwing the ball in the second half, he had a lower Look, chance of throwing What I'm saying is the man was right on pace of what he averaged this season. And they I didn't understand allow, that. And they didn't allow a passing touchdown. They didn't allow a passing touchdown. Because they didn't need to. They were no, up on most games. It ain't about the need. Same as in it's this about one. they didn't allow it. The man just told you he on pace this game. They didn't allow it. It ain't about need. He didn't, didn't allow it. <laughs> with the 25 attempts, he, did, he didn't allow it. They didn't allow it. So it don't matter if they had 35 or 40 attempts. Right. With the 25 attempts, they didn't allow a touchdown. That's saying something. Yeah. We, we, we agree with that. We never the said the defense didn't play. So so what, that, are that's arguing, what I'm so to... why are you arguing with me? That's all I'm saying. Because I'm your specific why... statement was – he didn't score a passing touchdown. I'm saying that's greatly <laughs> affected by the fact that they did not have no. to throw the ball in the like, entire half of football. Again, you don't that need you happened. don't have to 
You don't have to throw the ball 40 times to throw a touchdown. The man threw 25 times. That's I what I'm say saying. He did. But what I'm saying, that is enough attempts for him to throw touchdowns. Okay. So who cares about he? Oh, he didn't throw it that much. He didn't have to. He threw enough. He threw enough okay. to throw I, a touchdown. If all you had to do is run the ball and get four <laughs> touchdowns, I wouldn't have to worry about throwing a pass. But, they, touchdown but again, even with that, they didn't run the ball well. If y'all watch the game, they were supposed to. And they're going against the number one defense agree, in the league. Agreed. So that's what I'm saying. Even so if the, the score is tied, you stay. Bro, you, even you hold the t- it in the road. Again, what I'm saying is offense didn't move up and down the field with the touchdown. They were not supposed All right. to. I'm not. It's the number else. one defense. I, I, I'm done. Who said they were supposed to? What, what are you talking about? Nobody said they were supposed to motorboat the, the 49ers. I just, I'm just kind of confused because it's just like, okay. That's great. It's amazing that they didn't give a passing touchdown, but they gave four touchdowns on the, on the ground. So it doesn't. So okay, Jalen Hurts didn't have this passing game. I mean, it's a collective sport, you know. Like I think it's all of them. Everybody, you know, worked together arbitrarily to kind of win a game. They had four touchdowns on the ground. I think that speaks to a lot as far as like possession and everything. It wasn't like they got the ball on the forty. You know, and they had to go down. No, they went down the field like any other team had to do which is great kudos that the 49ers had a job to do to go down the field along with them, and they managed to punch the ball in there. I feel that, that's how – I mean, so it's just like we can point out what the 49ers did well, but I think at the same time, the Eagles still had to pay defense to not allow it to even be a chance. I don't care if it's a backup quarterback because to our point earlier, what we were saying about the Minshew is just like, oh, Dak threw 350 yards, da da da, da. But then to Zay point that he made last week, 14 of those points came off of turnover – uh, based on Garner Minshew. So it's a different game, you know what I mean, when you're talking about somebody who's a backup, but it didn't work then because we just focusing on that. And then all of a sudden this week when we're saying, okay, well, guess what? All right, Purdy out, Josh out, what you going to do? I feel like you can't, like, how we how we moving there? How, what are we talking about at this point? The 49ers played, that's great. you did great this season. I did great postseason. But like I said, the Eagles are a different beast. It don't matter what somebody did what Dak did a, a month ago. It's what y'all was going to do. And I, I honestly still see the game going the same exact way because to Zay point at the beginning of the debate, who puts a tight end on Reddit? Y'all had it figured out, I guess, for Micah. Like, that was the thing about last week was you like, Micah Parsons is the best player. And we like, I'm like, okay, but what about seven players on a defensive line and a linebacker core? A whole, you know, more players. What are you going to do? I, I didn't see it. I didn't see it. Reddit got loose. Hardgrave got in there. Fletcher Cock had pressures. I, he would have he would have been running for his life in literal sense at, at some point in the game, irregardless. I don't think the game goes any different because see, now you now, you're, point, now you're speaking on opinions, and that and, and I ain't trying to do that. Okay, you, but the opinion, but your opinion was Michael Parsons the best player. That's not no no. I asked you a question, a, and y'all told me that that was your opinion. I asked a question. But then what, what was the rebuttal to that? What was the point that you made after that? I asked the question, who was the better? So he, he, said, and, and, he said, who do you think is the best? Who's the best pass rusher? Or, no, right. who's the best player from either team? That's what I'm saying. I think Listen, that was the question. I know what I'd be saying on here, bro. I know what I'd be saying. Anyway, but then, kudos to Reddick. Reddick had a good game. It's nothing to do with Reddick. It has nothing to do with putting a tight We're talking about one play. That had like a backup tight end with blockers, nigga, the whole game. That's not it. That one play when he got the sack that, that caused the injury. He missed the block. It is what it is, right? It's not the first time that you will see a, a tight end blocking a defensive end, bro. This that happened. was not a missed block. This happens. It was, it was a- he missed the block. 
Period. But there's a whole pass. Several no. times. He, but he missed the block, bro. That's it. That same guy missed several times. It, but guess what? This is not because they new. Kept, they, they kept going to bro, that 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 this matchup. Ain't new in football. Tight right. block defensive. Which is why we told you time, last week was, what was going to happen. Because it's not new. Right. You're absolutely right. If, if, it's if, not new at if all. If the game went this way and Brock Purdy played all four quarters, hey, you got it. But you can't just say, well, hey, well, this is probably happened. Woulda, coulda, shoulda, all that. Who cares? It is what it is. The team did pretty well. Again, defensively, you can't do nothing. It, it, I don't care if it's a backup quarterback. It's not a backup quarterback. It's not even a third-string quarterback. It's a fourth-string quarterback. You can't be okay. in an NFC championship or any championship game with a fourth-string quarterback and think the outcome is going to be in your favor when the other team is full-string. Come Sucks on, man. To you. No, it's cool. It's not a, It's not a, a upset thing or mad thing. It's like it's just – that's just what it is. It makes sense. Like you can't go in any championship game with a full string quarterback and think the outcomes could be in your favor, bro. Anybody sucks to be you. It's just that's the truth. It's the truth. I agree. It's a, <laughs> it is what it is. It but is, this, what it is. The, same, the same way that Brock Purdy came in and did what he did. How, how do you say that a Josh Johnson can't come in and do this? We did because Josh Johnson was. But Josh Johnson was on, wasn't on a team, bro. He came off the street and got a job. I get it. I get Brock it. Brock Purdy was in. The, the 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 office all season long. It's a difference. I get it. I'm pretty sure at some point he's played in that offense. Like you say, he done been on every damn team. But <laughs> at any rate, that about wraps it up for this week. We will be back to you with a new series starting next week. Make sure you tune in. For now, we out.